0: Welcome to the second lecture in week three for Counseling 506. In this presentation, we will focus upon spiritual formation models for counseling. As we've been talking over the past several segments about general integration issues, we now need to spend some time exploring concepts regarding personal integration. The desire to help people to have a unity of life really is the meaning of spiritual formation. Notice the statement on the slide. Integration, or unity of life, is the key. The more we understand that integration is really a pathway to unity, the easier it gets for us. Even then, as the following ideas show us, we still have a ways to go in trying to get it right. For instance, if transcendence is compartmentalized, we have a functional transcendence, or using spirituality as a skill set for our own selfish purposes. If transcendence is detached, we appear to have otherworldly pietism or hypocrisy. We become so heavenly bound that we're no earthly good. Perhaps in the spiritual life, the term diagnosis, where dia means through and through, and gnosis means knowledge, is trickiest for us. This is because no one can accurately self-diagnose their spiritual state. So as we talk about spiritual formation and counseling and discerning the spiritual state of our clients, we should not conceive of this in the terms of how a psychologist might speak of diagnosing someone. What we are really seeking to find in this segment is some useful maps. Maps for understanding how the Spirit of the Lord is working in our lives, and in the lives of those we counsel, and how we can keep in step. Now this is really an ancient way of thinking about spirituality. Going back to the first century thinkers, they spoke of spiritual formation as a threefold path to God. They spoke in terms of purgation, which is the purging of sin and the fleshly attitudes and habits from a person. Illumination, which is the coming to see and understand how God is working in one's life. And then Union, which is fulfilling the great command to love God, self, and neighbor with all of your being. Writers over the centuries have focused upon the ways in which one might map the Spirit of God working in a human life. Two 20th century thinkers, Thomas Kelsey and John Ward, wrote about four patterns of movement in the spiritual life. They spoke of receiving, releasing, relating, and reaching out. This is really a very helpful pattern to think about for a moment. Receiving is the idea that unless we receive God's grace, we are only spinning our wheels spiritually or only staying busy in what we do. Then there's the healing power of releasing which is being released from the power of sin, and of fleshly influences on in our lives through self-purging, through releasing of others, through forgiving, and our release by God through His forgiveness of us. And there is no such thing as a Lone Ranger Christian, which is why we need relating. One movement of the Holy Spirit is to drive us into a community of believers, into fellowship, and relate us to one another. Reaching out is that impulse that the Spirit of the Lord creates in our hearts to lay down our lives for others, to take the initiative to love God and to love others. In Henry Nouwen's book Reaching Out, he writes that the spiritual life is a movement, not something that is static or immobile. In addition, this really wonderful insight towards our journey to God is not linear, but that we all vacillate between polar opposites throughout our lives. He speaks of an intrapersonal life pole that pulls the moods of loneliness to solitude, of an interpersonal pole where we move from hostility to hospitality, and a transpersonal pole where we go from illusion to prayer one of the real frustrations in the christian life is the sense of failure we so often feel when we succumb to temptation or when we find ourselves engaging in behaviors that we thought we had grown beyond now if it is a problem with us you will also find that it is a problem in the clients that you see So the insight that now one is trying to remind us about is the understanding that we are all on a journey toward God. But it is often a two-steps-forward, one-step-back journey. I've also indicated on the slide some counseling issues in which understanding these life poles might be helpful. For example, when thinking about the intrapersonal life of a person, The movement that people make from loneliness to solitude, at least one counseling issue is the use of pornography, sometimes at the level of addiction. This behavior in isolation is when people are desperately trying to meet their needs for intimacy, but in a way that is very isolated, that actually enables loneliness and encourages secretive, shameful behavior. In the area of the interpersonal, the pole is moving from hostility to hospitality. One counseling issue that would involve these dynamics would be anger management. These are clients in which anger is a consuming force in their lives, those for whom hostility is a way of showing up in the world, and the great joy that they can find when they move from hostility to hospitality with our help. Later on, we'll talk more about hospitality and the absolute necessity in the counseling relationship of showing hospitality to people and the life-changing impact of a simple welcome, the creating of an open space for change, and the life-changing impact that might have. In terms of the transpersonal pole. Consider for a moment those who are depressed, the condition of depression, and how one can become so trapped in hopelessness. These clients are also trapped in the illusion that they will always feel this way, that no one really cares, that life really doesn't matter, that they can't do anything right, and so these feelings become their reality. But now one tries to point out to the fact that that there's a way through these kinds of illusions. Counseling depression is a complex problem that may involve physiological problems, behavioral problems, and always involves some type of cognitive distortions. But it is also a spiritual problem in which God is working through you, the Christian counselor, to help people move from illusion to prayer. Let's change our focus for a few moments and look at Brewer's relational model of spiritual formation. This is a model that points to the fact that people never experience spiritual formation in isolation as individuals, but that spiritual formation is a community phenomenon. Here, the five P's stand for the five relationships that every Christian needs. For instance, Every Christian needs an authentic and healthy self-love and self-awareness. This really is the core of personhood. Every Christian also needs a pastor. Now this may be an ordained minister, but more specifically, it is someone who will be an elder to shepherd you into the image of Christ. Every person needs a partner, a spiritual friend and peer to encourage and hold them accountable we also need a protege. This may seem a little surprising, but it is important if we're going to grow in our faith, we also need to be sharing and teaching someone else. We all need a prospect. In order to have a vital Christian faith, we must be sharing our faith with the lost people and giving our faith away to others. I would encourage you to look in your own life And ask yourself, do I have a healthy sense of personhood? Do I have a pastor on whom I can rely? Do I have a partner in my life to share my faith and hold me accountable? Do I have a protege that I'm mentoring? Do I have a prospect, someone in my life who doesn't know Christ, but for whom I'm praying for, someone I can love and influence towards faith in Christ? Over time, as you engage in your counseling ministry, you'll be able to build these kinds of relational nets with some of your clients. And you'll certainly be able to encourage them to build these kinds of relationships in their lives as part of their spiritual formation. Adrian Van kam developed his formation field model, which is based on the notion that our formation as a person is always in process that we are always giving and receiving form, and that it comes in several dimensions. He speaks specifically of spiritual formation in terms of the force fields around us. We'll go over these briefly as a way to acquaint you with these ideas so that you might begin to understand your own spiritual formation and that of your clients in terms of the force fields around them. The first dimension is intra-formation. This refers to our inner life, the heart, the core self. This idea deals with those core elements of a person such as integrity and conscience and the human heart. Van Kamp, as most writers in spiritual formation, believes that lasting change in a person is an inside-out process. So he's very interested in this intra-formation dimension. The immediate situation force field, what he calls in formation, is the way in which we cope with the here and the now, and the impact that our coping today has on what sort of person we are becoming, not only for today, but well into the future. So in this area of formation, Vancom addresses behavior, moods, attitudes, and those daily living challenges that all of us have with our jobs, our families, with time management, and the ways in which we deal with crisis. On the spiritual side, the immediate situation force field has to do with those daily disciplines that we need to develop, such as prayer, having a quiet time, and studying our Bibles. The third dimension is interformation. This is the relational world in which we live. Think of it as being the horizontal dimensions in our lives, our family and friendships, our interpersonal conflicts, our communication style, and the way in which we are servants to others. This is also the area in which we might work with clients on morality issues. This is where We help them understand the right and wrong in their lives. Especially when morality issues are impacting relationships. For example, adultery in a marriage. The final dimension that Van Kahn refers to is transformation. The vertical dimension. This is the heart turned toward God. This is the yearning that every person has for something more in life. The desire to worship the desire to believe in someone and something bigger than ourselves and the desire for a personal relationship that will not end. Van Con believed that every person feels this desire towards the transcendent so it becomes a tremendous way to begin working on spiritual and faith issues with clients. This is especially true of those who do not have a connection with the church or who are at a pre-Christian point of development in their lives, so that we cannot talk to them using traditional Christian language because they don't know what we're really talking about. Well, we've covered a lot of information about spiritual formation models. As always, I encourage you to go through this presentation again and to reflect on how you might use these spiritual formations and models in your own life as well as with your clients.